Welcome back to the Motorsports segment of the House Call Sports. Uh, I'm Ollie and myself and Joel today will be unwrapping the Austrian Grand Prix that happened earlier on today as of recording. But before we go any further, I would just like to address something that happened this weekend and issue that the entire House Call family, all of our thoughts are with the friends and family of young Dutch racing driver Ilano Vantoff, who was killed in a tragic accident at yeah. Spa-Francorchamps on he young, Saturday. He? he was 18 years old. Yeah, he was younger than me, which is very, very scary to think about. And yeah. just goes to show, any time you step into a racing car, stuff like that can happen. And, you know, this is a, a, a question that's been going on for so long now. And it's like the conditions, A, were just unacceptable. And B, that that's... That, part of Spa, it was just coming off um, of Erosion Radion. Like, how like, how many more people need to die before something actually gets done about like the safety of the track? Because even in the dry conditions, you're still on the edge, and you're still like on the edge of crashing no matter what. But in those conditions, you can't see anything. Like, this is the second incident, exact same incident as Antoine mm. Hubert in 2019. It's the exact same incident which killed Antoine Hubert. And what are they going to do to make sure that nobody else dies? Like, it, it's ridiculous at this point. Yeah. So, okay. So I didn't watch that race. So it was really wet conditions. It was. Um, you couldn't see anything. And wow. it started off, actually, I think Tim Tramnitz had lost it on the top of Radion. He'd gone off to the left. But because the, there was so much spray, nobody could see anything. Uh-huh. And then you have Delano Vantov, who came through, had spun it. And then another car basically came through, T-boned him at about oh. 180 miles an hour. Oh my god! And yeah, you're not you're not getting out of that. Yeah. Um. So wow. no, it's just it, it, it could get to the point where you could just remove Spa from all of the racing calendars because it's that dangerous, and so many people have have lost their lives there. It's it, it takes the piss to be honest at this point. What's different about Spa? versus other tracks that makes it more dangerous in the rain in particular? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it, it's just that corner. It's that okay. corner because the, the amount of commitment you've got to give it to, to get it right and it, the, the speed you've got to carry through there to get a good run down the Camel Straight, you've got to be flat through there easily. So, and if somebody goes off in the rain when you can't see anything and you're pinning it down, you're flat out and you're I going to the top of the hill, you can't see anything. I see. Next thing you know, you've hit someone, yeah. and who knows? Potentially, that there could have been a fatality, and unfortunately, there was one this weekend. I see. Sounds like something that maybe if they reworked a second option for that corner, that they could change to if they knew it was going to be a rainy weekend. If there was even a chance of a rainy weekend, but if it was well, guaranteed yeah. to be sunny, then Lance they'd run Stroll the commented on this uh, uh, in the post-sprint qualifying interview, I think. And he basically was he was asking the same questions as me. What they did do, uh, I believe in 1994, after Ayrton Senna passed away, they introduced like a new sort of temporary chicane because the, with the old layout of Spa, there's a big patch of concrete just to the left of the corner, which is the old layout they used to take. Okay. So they used to go left for about 100 meters and then there was a hairpin to come back across. Okay. And they kind of used that a little bit. They put a few like tire barriers up and made a bit like a, a temperature cane to slow you down through that corner mm. and reduce the risk of anything like that happening at the top, which honestly, I think like, as boring as it might seem or like if it, it reduces the quality of the race, I think, who gives a fuck, you know, it's a driver's life at the end of the day. Yeah, the lives should be valued more than the racing at all. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. So, but that's yeah. not enough then. Making that change clearly wasn't quite enough. Or is that a different part of the track that you're talking about? No, it was, they, they just did that uh, for that one year and then they had it back oh. to normal for 1995. Oh. And that was just while they only had that really. They did it to a lot of tracks as well. They just had it while they were figuring out what they could do permanently mm. to make things more safer. And I know they did a lot of things in 2021, late 2021, early 2022 with Eau Rouge and Radion, they, I think they blew up the house at the top and then they took a bit of the, the cliff edge off and mm. extended the runoff. Okay. But that's the, that's the corner. That's not, you know, and the, what sucks about that corner 
is there's nowhere they can go with it. Because to the left of it, you've got a massive cliff. And to the right, you've got a big drop. So you can't do anything there. You're sort of confined by where it already is. Yeah. So there's, there's nothing that they can do, I, I don't think, anyway, to improve the, the safety of that corner. And, you know, just maybe it's time that Spa has actually run its course. I know there, were, there was talks of removing it from the Formula One calendar. And Formula One is going there in a few weeks as well. Mm-hmm. Imagine what what they must be thinking after seeing that. And there was a there's a 24-hour race still going on in Spa. Imagine oh. how they must be feeling as well. Yeah, that's a little haunting. They give you the exactly. GBs. Yeah. Exactly. So I just don't I don't think Spa is a you know, it's historic and all that, and it's one of the only tracks that were there from the start, but it's just time to move on and give it to somewhere else, I think, because hmm. you know, people are dying. Like this isn't like this isn't one guy's had a big crash and ended up in the hospital for a few weeks. That someone's dead. Yeah. So, how do you see about that and try and keep it on the calendar? I just don't think you can. Let us know in the comments what you think. You agree with Ollie? I definitely agree that driver safety should be put above uh, everything else. You know that I'm kind of a um, car purist. I love Formula One as a concept of here's humanity's best effort at a race car. And I hate kind of regulations that knock away from that. But the one concession I will always make is in terms of driver safety. I don't want to see people dying out there. That's not a sport I want to watch. You'd have to be mad to want so that. Absolutely. All right. Anyway, yeah. On to Austria. Mm-hmm. Now, there was Lots one of sort of key, key words. Um, track limits. Holy shit. There was so... Many. I have a note here of oh, no, how many Ollie. people I'm getting close to the yeah. end of the frame. All track, <laughs> track limits on me. Oh, no. Five second penalty. Oh, Five no. second penalty. <laughs> Five second penalty. You've gone over the white line. Oh, no. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, yeah, seriously. Um, yeah. In terms of a five-second penalty, we have Lewis Hamilton, Esteban Ocon, Yuki Tsunoda had two penalties. Alex Albon, Carlos Sainz, Nick DeVries got a penalty, but that wasn't for track limits, and that's the only one that wasn't. Then we have Pierre Gasly, Logan Sargent, and Kevin Magnussen, not even mentioning the 47 track limits violations in qualifying alone. Yeah. (laughs) Nuts. Is it that, is it seriously that hard to stay within the white lines around (laughs) Austria? Yeah, I don't. It's I don't all get it. The same place. Yeah, I don't get it. I know that your your decision. Your uh, it's turn ten that was getting everybody right. It and... was turn ten and ten. It was like the sort of the ten nine and turn ten. Yeah, yeah, and I think you have to. It's it's dependent on how well how much you committed going into turn nine, really. How, uh, whether you go off and over the line in turn ten. So I get that it might be a little bit of a challenge, but like when it becomes this much of an issue. And it's starting to seem like everybody's going to get track limits. It's like, at some point, the strategy just becomes be the one guy who doesn't get track limits. Just go a little slower. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And that was the, the topic of a lot of radio messages. But in qualifying, like you you mentioned how committed you are going through 10-9. You yeah. are maximum commitment. You're, you're doing at least 160 miles an hour through 10-9. So mm-hmm. you've, you've got to make sure you nail that corner to get a good run through the final corner. Yeah. But at this point... Just move the curb back by like five feet. Because <laughs> then all the issues will be solved. And it's actually a, a lot harder than it looks trying to find a solution for this because MotoGP obviously mm-hmm. raced there as well at the okay. Red Bull ring. And it's about finding an agreement with them because you can't necessarily put any sort of deterrent beyond the curb. Like mm-hmm. you can't put grass there because you've obviously got the motorbikes to worry about. Okay. So just move the curb back like sort of. That's 10-9. I don't know if you could do that with 10-10 because the wall's like right there. But for 10-9, that's getting rid of at least half of the invalidations. Just move yeah. the cab back a little bit because there's plenty of runoff beyond it. So you can afford the little bit of space. Do you think, I don't know the answer to this question. Do you think that if they move the curb back, that just provides for a more natural flow and there would be no more violations? Or do you think that if they move the curb back, then they would just try to carry more speed through? and end up taking the extra inches that were given and still get over track lines. Well, <clears throat> no, because it was the natural line that they all seemed to take and they all just seemed to gravitate like the wheel a few yeah. millimeters, if, if that, over the white line. So yeah. that's sort of the natural trajectory of the corner anyway. 
So if you move the curb back to accommodate that rather than just giving penalties out willy-nilly for the fun of it, you know, then we'll see a lot less of that and a lot less uh, drivers a la Checo Perez getting pissed off at it. Yeah, well, yeah, Perez and also Lewis Hamilton in the race. <laughs> I was like, that was his whole that, race was yeah. him just complaining about because he got it and he was like, now I'm going to make sure everyone else gets this. <laughs> yeah. There was a few like sort of mini stewards on the on the circuit. We had obviously Lando Norris, who was mm. calling out of uh, Lewis Hamilton yeah. for going wide. Then Lewis Hamilton yeah. was like, nah, I'm not having that Lando. Perez, you've been going off a few times. I think Carlos Sainz had a bit of a go at someone as well. I can't remember who. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of drivers that were just trying to. It was basically, you know, that Spider Man meme, like everybody was just pointing fingers. <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. I. I, you know, it, it just became comical at some point. I don't like when, um, you know, when major position results um, are changed based on like, you know, kind of weak little steward calls. But at this point, you know, through the whole weekend, it was super clear right from the start that this was going to be a thing. And so I, I, I don't know, I'm not really against the track limit calls because I feel like every driver had a chance to know it was coming and adjust their drive. It just added something kind of hilarious into this race <laughs> yeah there's one time that i wouldn't have minded it and that was when uh, carlos Sainz got the penalty in p3 and then you had lando behind him in p4 and you're just uh, thinking yeah. yeah if it stays like that yeah oh, maybe maybe so yeah. that is the case if you ask a fan of any formula one team to be fair you, you you're a fan of a penalty for another driver if it benefits your team sure yeah 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 um but Man. on the on the on the subject of, of Lando Norris, what a drive! Holy, yeah. I don't think a single person w- would have expected that. Like, because yeah. we saw how he did in the well, sprint, he fell down. He did hit anti stall because he downshifted too many times. To be fair, you you predicted Norris would do well last episode. You said Norris would do well, and we because seen... he's an Austria merchant. That's why, like, he always <laughs> does well in Austria. <laughs> yeah, and his uh, the new car, the new car concept that he has and Piastri does not seems to be really hooking it up around there. Uh, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, and then uh, we have Oscar Piastri taking the New York grades in Silverstone, so next okay. week. Oh, good. Okay, I was wondering when he would get the upgrades. I'm very yeah. excited to see. It's, it's next week as well, oh, so man. maybe. I think Andrea Stella and Zach Brown have both said that even Mika Hakkinen, I, I read an interview from Mika Hakkinen and he said he believes that McLaren could challenge Red Bull with these. And I'm like, hold on a fucking minute. This was before the upgrades got introduced. And I'm like, hold on. Really? Red Bull? Yeah, that's a far shot. <laughs> Ferrari, though. Aston Martin and Mercedes can't even challenge Red Bull with the amount of upgrades they've put on this season. And you're expecting McLaren to... I mean, I get you used to race there and you, you've got two championships for there or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what the fuck, Mika? <laughs> be realistic here. But actually, to be fair... It uh-huh. doesn't look like that bad of a claim anymore. I'm not saying they are going to go on and challenge Red Bull, but they're definitely doing a lot better than probably 99% of people would have imagined. Yes. Yeah, I think that pins it pretty much where it is. You know, Max finished, what, 20 fucking seconds ahead of everybody in the 20, sprint? <laughs> We've got the... In the sprint, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he finished 21 seconds ahead of his teammate Perez. Yeah. And that's 24. 20- Four laps? Is that what that was? Over 24 laps. Yeah, that's yeah. bad. So <laughs> I don't think McLaren's going to be catching uh, Verstappen. Maybe not Max. Maybe yeah. not Max. No. When he said Red Bull, he meant Perez. He meant Perez. Okay, fair enough. I'm more willing to accept that call then. <laughs> yeah, they but no, Norris looked better. freaking fantastic out there. Yeah. Such such a, a fun thing to watch after... Um, you know, I kind of felt like I've been seeing him slowly crack. You know, him and Leclerc have both, like, you know, deserved better cars and better situations. And I feel like Norris uh, has been kind of cracking. And I, you know, after, um, on the radio message after the finish, you heard this, like, huge sigh of relief. <laughs> Something like, that oh, feels good. And I was just like, okay, good. Because he was, his mind was breaking, I think. If he would have had yeah. some unfortunate event, like what happened in the sprint for the Grand Prix as well, uh, I think we'd be seeing Dark Lando next week. <laughs> well, it was the fact that he was just able to hang on. He was punching so far above his weight, and he was yeah. able to hang on to Lewis Hamilton. And then when Lewis Hamilton pitted, he was able to hang on to Carlos Sainz. 
He uh-huh. stayed ahead of Carlos Sainz for quite a few laps as well. And he Perfect. even, on lap 48, set the fastest lap on hards. I saw that. I saw on that. On hards, when yeah. the Red Bulls run mediums. What I was like, fuck? let's go, let's go. Yeah. And I thought back to what you had said, how like Lando always picks it up at the end of the race. And I was like, does yeah. it start here? Are we about to it. see something? <laughs> he didn't actually, to be fair, he didn't fall that far off of Perez at the end. I think, where did he? I think he was like four seconds back or something. Uh, Lando was 26.3 behind Max. Oh, because Perez got on the Behind podium. Max, yeah. So, yeah. And so, and then you have... He- Carlos, who was 21.3. So that's four, That's five seconds. Or 4.9 seconds. If we're 4.9 seconds, yeah. So he's within the five back seconds. Of, of Carlos. Yeah. Just in case, you know, I think all, all drivers were well aware at that point. If I could stay within five seconds and the driver ahead yeah. gets a track limits penalty. <laughs> and that was exactly what Fernando Alonso would have been thinking because Lando right. Norris had been given a black and white flag in the last like three laps of the race. Yep, he got... Yep, exactly. And then you have Alonso who, who finished... Four seconds exactly behind um, Lando Norris. And Lando, Lando, yeah. one of Lando Norris's radio messages literally was, just keep it in the white lines and we'll see what happens there. And then you had um, Toto as well yeah. saying to, to Lewis Hamilton, they're all going to get penalties in front. So I just love keep that. Going. I love that man. He genuinely has just like, the most mature, level-headed, stay above all the everything, knows exactly what to say to get the results he wants. He's such an effective human being. And that's exactly what I was thinking when he made that radio call to, to <laughs> Lewis. It's just like, he knew what Lewis needed to hear. Whether it was true or not or whatever, he just needed Lewis to shut up and drive, basically. <laughs> that's what he said. I know the car is bad. Yeah. Please drive it. And that, yes. that exactly. Do you remember the, the meme out of Jeddah 2021 where he's like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just, that's exactly what he was doing to Lewis. Yep. But I think for, for Mercedes this weekend was sort of, we'll, we'll take it because they've got major upgrades coming next week in Silverstone. They have a okay. new front ring and a brand new rear wing, okay. which could significantly and probably will significantly improve their overall performance, which mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to because I think it's about time that mm-hmm. someone takes the fight to Red Bull. So for this, I think they knew that this week was just going to be sort of damage limitation and just see what you can do on the car you already have. And yeah. then next week we'll have the proper upgrades. And yeah. they've said as well that the next week, they, I think that, is it next week that they're introducing the last one or is it Spa? It's either, the, it's either Silverstone or Spa that they're introducing a the last and then they're going, right, okay, that's enough work on this year. We're focusing on 24. Interesting. Okay, yeah, that's the question I was asking last episode is at what point does that transition happen? Hmm. Yeah, so well, that being said, George Russell actually had um, a better race than I guess I realized. I'm looking at where he started on the grid, P11, and he finished eighth. That's quite a climb there up into the points. Yeah, and he managed to hold off Sergio Perez for quite a while. That was a pretty good fight to. That's right. To watch from like from. A I think Perez had to anyway. pass him twice between some pit stops yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, but didn't no Perez didn't have the penalty. I thought Perez would have gotten given a penalty. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I have I'm losing track of who did and didn't get given a penalty to be honest because there were just so many. Insane, insane. But yeah. To be fair, from from Sergio Perez, it was a, a very good drive of his own as well, and he just narrowly missed yeah. out on being voted driver of the day. Started fifteenth, uh-huh. finished third. Yeah. And it was pretty to sensational. Be honest, he needed if, that. If you're Christian Horner, where do you pick the issue? Is it that Sergio Perez hasn't made Q3 for the last four races, or do you just forgive him because he's able to produce recovery drives like that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just the fact of the matter. I, I think that Sergio Perez needed that. He's had a rough stint. He admitted that, and I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know that they would be making any kind of strategy decisions, you know, around him or his car based on these ups and down performances. I think it's pretty clear to me that Checo has a lot of what it takes, but one thing he lacks is consistency. And one thing that Max is just nails it on every fucking time is he is, he's pretty much perfect every time. Um, oh, that being said, actually, Max and uh, Perez scrapped quite a bit in the sprint yeah. race. Echo came out in front from that start and Max was not having that. <laughs> now, Max is just too used to, to, to flying off in front. 
But to yeah. be fair, like this is what you want to see because if Perez doesn't take the fight to Max, arguably no one else will. Sure. Because but nobody he... else really has the car to, to take it yeah. to Max. It's funny that he actually is taking the fight when he gets the chance though, because usually Exactly. You know, you want as a team you want to see more harmony between your drivers. But uh I love it. I love to see that because they're clearly, you know, for PR purposes, they work it all out and everything, but they clearly are competitive against each other. Oh, I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that debrief. Oh, oh yeah. I remember they talked it out after the sprint. Max was pretty pissed off at at, uh, at Sergio for, for, what did he do? Push him, push him off? Yeah, is what they, Max they just didn't give each other an inch of space. And yeah. That's just good racing, to be honest. I mean, if one of you goes yeah. off on the grass, like, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing. Like, yeah. Let him go at it. Let him race. Yeah. Only just, 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 you know, tell them to calm up down a little bit because you don't want both of your cars ending up in the wall. Yeah. Speaking of just good racing and pushing people off, maybe you'll disagree, but that penalty for DeVries on um, pushing off, who was it? That was it was to get Kevin Magnuson that he pushed Kevin off. Magnuson. Yeah. That's such a marginal call. I, I don't, I don't think it was a BS call necessarily, but it could have gone either way. And I felt like if it was a different driver, it would have been harder to actually make that call. But because DeVries is kind of like a, sorry DeVries if you're watching this, but he's kind of throwing the bin driver right now. I feel like they were just like, ah, oh, yeah, five seconds. <laughs> well, I, I haven't actually seen DeVries' onboard, and I think that could change a lot of people's perspectives. Okay, on fair enough. Because yeah. you need to actually see what he's doing with the wheel. If he's constantly turning in as much as he can do, then mm. yeah, you could argue that the penalty is a little bit harsh. But if he lets off just to try and nudge Magnussen out a little bit, then the penalty you can see was justified. I guess so, but wasn't he as what is wasn't he ahead? Wasn't his front wheel ahead? He had right away there, and Kimag is trying to go on the outside where there's no room. I kind of feel like Magnussen needs to back off if he feels like he's going to go in the gravel, unless he's going to go in the gravel. I think that was based more on driver reputation. I think if you look at Max and Perez, it's just not that different of a situation, and yet that's just racing. I don't know. <laughs> no, um, I, I don't. I don't necessarily think it was a full-on penalty, but you just need to. Obviously, the stewards had all of the you know onboards and, and, and stuff and like telemetry at, at their disposal to make the decision. That's and you true. can't really argue with that. that if they've had literally everything to look at and they've, they've gone right. Well, yeah, we think that was a little bit dodgy from Nick. So we'll yeah. give him a five-second penalty. I don't think it impacted where he finished in the end. No, I mean, they were uh, both out of the points and it didn't matter much at all. And well, he was, definitely he was a, was a little down, dodgy. So I, yeah, it was a lap down, so I cannot tell yeah. if the gap was anything like that. But he was P15 in the end. Which, to be fair, from Nick DeVries compared to some of his other results, yeah, was quite good. And we saw, I actually noticed that a lot of the you know, meme drivers and the drivers that have been doing stereotypically bad yeah. have been doing quite well. I think Logan Sargent was running in ninth for quite a while, like 10 was laps really? or something. In yeah. the Grand Prix? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he finished P13. Gosh. Yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah, that was kind of my, my whole thing is like Nick DeVries has kind of become a meme at this point, but he's, I don't know, I'm going to give him room to climb back. Yeah. Um. Speaking of a lap down... Uh, it's kind of an interesting moment with um, Botas. Wasn't he duking it out with uh, was it Hamilton? I think they swapped think places so, a couple yeah. times when when Botas, maybe it wasn't Hamilton, but it was somebody where they were it was a lap down, but Botas was like, Well, I'm faster right now because I'm on fresher tires, so I'm gonna go ahead and pass you. And then he's allowed to do that, yeah. like if you're a backmarker and you've been lapped. If mm -hmm. you're quicker than the car that's just lapped you, you are fully entitled to go ahead and unlap yourself. Yeah. If you don't see yourself then becoming an obstruction to that car further on. Okay. But so that's where I they... think that the media will probably try and make this to be more than it is, you know, with Bottas and Hamilton being ex teammates yeah. and so. Sure. Um, but, but with Hamilton, it was a very awkward situation for him to be in anyway because he was coming up on the back of this massive battle between Zhou yeah. Guan Yu. Uh, Nick DeVries, Valtteri Bottas, and Oscar Piastri. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of had to, you know, just sort of negotiate his way through, like, sort of, obviously by himself, but, like, it was it was always going to be weird for him because they were always battling and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And there was, to be fair, a, a nice move in the front end of the grid, lapping someone. I believe it was Sergio Perez. Yeah. On Lewis Hamilton. Oh, something yeah. like that. When he managed to overtake Lewis without hitting Sonoda, who was getting lapped. Oh, and okay. there was such a small gap for him to go through and just shot it through, which wow. I, I thought was quite nice. And it's just, that's the case when, when you come up on traffic and that's why people make such a big deal out of it because you never know what could happen. If you, I don't know like, that I caught that, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, if, if you're battling and then you see a lap car come up ahead and you've got to go, oh no, well, one of us has got to hold off because if yeah. we try and go side by side, we could hit him. Yeah, nice. I think in the sprint, Piastri had a nice little like kind of shoot diagonally through two cars moment as well. He was kind of on yeah. a rip tear in the sprint. He did real well. Norris started up and he started back and they kind of met in the <laughs> Well, it was weird with the strategy in the sprint because obviously it started wet and then finished dry. Yeah. And it was a case of not if your strategy team is the best. It was more a case of where are you running at the moment? Mm. The only like, exception I saw from this was Nico Hulkenberg, who was running fifth and ended up boxing for slicks. Yeah. But, as we saw, most of the sprint and most of the people who, who came in were the people who were running out of the points. Right. And I think that's what cost Lando Norris in the sprint because he was running so high up. Uh -huh. I think he was running P6 or 7 at the time, like at the crossover. Uh -huh. Then he's just like, well, no, because if I pit now, I could uh -huh. lose a lot of time and end up out of the points. Of course, he ended up yeah. out of the points eventually anyway. But yeah. when you're running in the points, like especially when you're just not supposed to be there, yeah, like, <laughs> you, you're gonna want to stay there for as long as possible. And yeah, they were just, just kind of was. holding on. Everybody in the top, you know, eight positions were just trying to hold on on their inters. I was, I was a really exciting kind of time bomb ending of a race. If there was three more laps, yeah. the, it, there would have been a different ending position for sure. Who, who was it that was running through? Was it? Who was it? Oh, I don't remember who had what tires. Was it Hulkenberg that had slicks? He was the and first was one to pit for them. It was him and George yeah. Russell, I believe, who came in first. Oh, yeah. George Russell was the one that made the call, which was mm. brilliant. Yeah, George was the first one to come in, and then Nico, I think, followed by the lap yeah. after. Yeah, so Nico, it, given a few more laps, Nico would have run through. And given yeah. 10 more laps, you know, obviously the drivers would have made different strategies decisions but given 10 more laps and the rest of the you know the top of the grid staying on inters nico would have been in first <laughs> it was like changing dramatically and it was just like a grip your you know armrests until the end of the race do you think that would have counted as a podium if he'd have finished in the top three in the sprint because we've uh, yeah, got i don't know what these records yeah he them. has the because nico hulgenberg currently has the record for the most grand prix starts without a podium oh really <laughs> yeah, since his debut in 2010, he has never finished on the podium. He's gotten huh. so close. I think yeah. he crashed out while leading the 2019 German Grand Prix. Hmm. But he's just never like been there when it when it mattered. Interesting. So if yeah, he had finished top three then, I, that might have put a rest to all of them, but I don't know. It's a bit like saying, remember when Kevin Magnussen got pole in Brazil last year? Was it hmm. proper pole or was it just sprint pole? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that counts. And we heard that from, um, uh, from Christian Horner. I think when he congratulated Max on the <laughs> qualifying, qualifying pole, he's like, "Well, there's another, <laughs> or whatever this is." I think is what he said. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, good to know that the uh, most insiders are still like, we don't know about this format. <laughs> yeah, the, the sprint's kind of it, it, it's, it's a weird one for me because I, I honestly preferred it when it impacted the Grand Prix. And oh, when the result, it when it did. I did, yeah, because now it just seems like it's a, just a Saturday is just a day of nothingness. Hmm. You have your qualifying for the sprint, and then you have the sprint, which does nothing. And then you've got your race on Sunday, which was set by the grid from qualifying on Friday. I preferred hmm. it when you had qualifying on the Friday to set the sprint race on Saturday, and then the outcome of the sprint set the race on Sunday. Interesting. I, I don't think I prefer that. I like that it's kind of a modular insert and the grand prix you know is not disrupted i really like that as a you know qualifying and then grand prix long format and i like the excitement of a sprint race i just i wouldn't want it to interfere i like that qualifying setting up for a long format race 
that's been formula one for a long, long time. And I love it that it's not disrupted. I, I you know, after this last sprint race, my opinion on sprint races has, uh, turned more positive. I didn't hate them before. I was just kind of like, eh. but this, this one was show, a yeah. blast to watch. I loved it. So one practice session though. Yeah, I know. I know. They like, need to start on Wednesday. If you're, <laughs> if you're a rookie and you've never driven this, this circuit before yeah. in a formula one car, like, or maybe you've come from the junior series and the junior series just hasn't raced at that circuit before. Right. Yeah. Like, how, like, how are they, how is one hour enough time for them to get to grips with, with the circuit and, and to get it's everything not, excited? Because they don't know what not. feedback to give the teams. They don't know what the setup changes they'll need to make. Are. They have to rely on the teams and they've only got an hour to go through yeah. the race runs, the qualifying runs and all that stuff and then change yeah. the setup and get acclimatized to the track. Yeah. So, Maybe if they extend the session to maybe 90 minutes or two hours, uh-huh. something like that. Yeah. That, I, that, that'd be a bit better. It's pushing, you know, travel demands and, and stuff. But if they started a day earlier and got everything in, I'd be fully satisfied. They used to do that with Monaco. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they used to hold FP1 and FP2 on a Thursday. Wow. I would um, love that. They, they, only, yeah, they, they only stopped doing that recently. I think they did that in 2021. And it was weird for me watching it because... They never used to like consistently do it, and I was just—I remember getting up on Thursday and, and I was like, "What the fuck? Practice is on." So, yeah. Eh? <laughs> no, yeah. but something needs to happen because an hour is not enough for practice. No, it's not enough. Yeah, you're right. And to be honest, I, it's a couple sigmas out, but that that does impact the ultimate Grand Prix a little bit too. So, yeah. all right, fine. I'll keep that. I'll keep that flag in there. <laughs> not fully satisfied but i do prefer the modularness yeah uh what do we have now alex albon was just there i think this week it was nothing like he was in canada but to be fair he still had pretty a pretty good drive and i think that yeah. this just goes to show how good the, the upgrades actually were because we asked this question last week looking back at canada mm. was it just a good drive from albon or did the upgrades actually improve the car substantially and i think i'm leaning towards the latter on that one because nobody really highlighted Albon as having a sensational drive but mm. he still finished 11th was it or 10th I can't remember last weekend in Canada no this week uh, today. Oh. Um, today yeah he it was just yeah, he finished he, 11th 11th yeah he was 11th 10 seconds behind Lance Stroll and yeah. that is still I would imagine punching above the weight of a Williams probably and it's that just know, shows that just how much the upgrades have done. And I almost can't wait to see now what Logan Sargent does when he gets the upgrades in Silverstone. And speaking of Silverstone has a lot. A lot of people are getting upgrades now. So we could see a little bit of a shake up. Yeah. Yeah. I So real quick, Albin in the Williams, you're saying punching above his weight. Either Logan Sargent had a particularly great day or I don't know that I would say Albin did, you know, too spectacular with the car this weekend because Logan Sargent was not necessarily on his tail, but he was only Did two he... positions back. Hang on, I think I might have remembered this wrong. Shit, yeah. No, Sargent did have the upgrades. He oh, did. Sargent had the upgrades? I remember, yeah, because I remember Ted Kravitz talking about how he wasn't on the, the Williams email newsletter. And when he <laughs> checked the email, it said that Logan Sargent actually did have the upgrades. Oh, Okay. So okay. that is probably why we've seen him finish thirteenth. Got, Got it. Okay. Yeah, that again, explains Logan. Logan Sargent. We've been talking about Logan Sargent doing a lot better than usual. So maybe the upgrades for Williams have just been a massive stroke of genius, and maybe exactly what they've needed to now push for more consistent points finishes. Yeah. Although uh, we haven't really seen Logan qualify very well in anything, sprint, Grand Prix, or otherwise. I don't think he's always towards the back. So maybe he needs to work on his single lap pace but yeah no i mean his finish at at p13 is that his best for the season i believe so yeah gotta be yeah he still hasn't scored any points um him and devries hasn't scored a point is is devries not scored any i thought devries did oh did he well he did last year i I think that he yeah i think devries this year and logan are the only two that haven't scored points this season but I could be I could be misinformed. And then you have um, France Tost going on about Nick De Vries and saying that it's his decision whether or not he is replaced in AlphaTauri. And by that, 
Okay. I don't think he means whether he wants to stay there or not. Yeah. It's whether he performs well enough to warrant staying in Alvatari. And yeah. you, you have Liam Lawson waiting there, ready to jump into that seat at the, uh, a moment's notice. So if I, I was Nick DeVries, if I was Nick DeVries, I'd hurry the fuck up and get quick fast yeah. because you've got Liam Lawson. I I'm actually would really like to see how well Liam Lawson would do because mm. he killed it in Formula 2. He's currently killing it in Super Formula over in Japan. Mm-hmm. So you never know. The only the only series he's got left to really test himself would be Formula 1. I wouldn't mind a switch in drivers. Um, I think... Yeah, I think I don't uh, I don't have as poor of opinion of DeVries as I did the first race or two. I think he's, you know, redeemed himself to close to neutral in my mind. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind another driver coming in and seeing what they could do in that seat. Well, all around the globe, Daniel Ricciardo fans are currently um, <laughs> yeah. rejoicing in excitement. Yeah, because there are two potential landing spots for him because Horner has commented on Perez and you've got Tost commenting on DeVries. Ricardo could fill both seats. I don't Wait. know. I don't think so, personally. Horner commented on Perez for next year? Yeah. Um, he he basically... he All he was saying was it was the exact same thing as I said last week, that the Red Bull are fully supporting Perez. Oh. Bearing in mind, obviously, this is the same Red Bull that fully okay. supported Pierre Gasly. And the same rebel that fully supported Daniel Ricciardo, and okay. the same rebel that fully supported Alex Albon. So okay. you you just never know with Christian Horner. He likes just saying shit like sure. that, and yeah, then we sure. go, oh yeah, no, we're doing this now. Yeah, you get out, you come in. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah, you're you're spot on. I think like that comment could just as easily be interpreted later retrospectively as we fully supported him, and so. <laughs> With full support, he it was his fault enough. that he left. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can see that as a setup for a knockdown. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How much time? I don't know when we started exactly now. Cause, do we start like ten twenty? Twenty after? Is that when Roughly, we started? I think. So we've been going for forty minutes. Yeah. Uh, we still haven't covered Aston Martin. Okay, let's do um, Aston Martin. Yeah, they were just again. It was like a solid midfield performance from them. But on any other in any other season, you'd be happy with that. But this season, when the the bar has been set so high for them, yeah, they you know, you strong. just yeah, you just want to see them like yeah. They did well in qualifying, to be fair. And uh-huh. Alonso Stroll, especially. Yeah, um, but Alonso is never strong around this track. Is that right? Yeah, no, that that is right. And he's also again. I don't want to say he's a very track specific driver. But he definitely has the circuits that he's not great at. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just one of them. Even if you've got a, a, a pole or a, a race win contending car, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you're never really clicking with the circuit. Yeah. But he is very, very good around Silverstone. Okay. And Aston Martin, historically, very, very good around Silverstone. Even back when they were racing point and they had Nico Hulkenberg mm. in the car, he qualified third. Okay. Wow. And yeah. Of course, he didn't start the race because he had mechanical issues. But that racing point have been very, very good yeah. around Silverstone when they were there. And then that, that sort of carried on to, to Aston Martin. And hopefully, now that they've got a, a race winning car, that will translate, hopefully, into a race win for them because it, it's just it's a matter of time now, I think. And it's just yeah, you think each race, race win, huh? that everyone thinks, oh, this is Alonso's going to win this now. There's no way Max is going to win it again. Not yeah. the same thing happens. So it's, I, I do think it's a matter of time and it, it needs to happen soon. Otherwise, the entire F1 community will erupt into a mental breakdown. There was a chance last weekend in Canada if Alonso didn't have any car issues towards the end. I can't remember what it was. Was it brakes or something? Or I overheating. think so, yeah. And also, if they put him on mediums, I think there may have been a good running at catching and passing Max, but it was not to be. No, unfortunately not. But like I said, you know, the performances in the past pretty much speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I mean, Alonso and that, the combination of Alonso and that car around Silverstone is very scary. It's a scary thing to think of for the yeah. people. And, and I wouldn't stroll. be surprised, yeah, if he if he gets there and, and wins, to be honest, and that might become it's it's fucking mental. Everybody would thinking. love to see that. It would be exactly. amazing. Exactly. 
And it's yeah. weird that that we could be thinking that Silverstone in the middle of July of mm. a season that's been going on since March could be the first non-Red Bull win this season. <laughs> I hate that sentence so much. <laughs> they're on the verge of breaking McLaren's consecutive win record. Yeah. Of 11 straight wins in 1988. Ugh, please don't break that. Please. <laughs> uh yeah yeah um okay and then before we move on from aston martin stroll i just you know stroll and alonso in the sprint actually showed up pretty decent it's sad that that didn't translate to the uh actual grand prix but um stroll finishing fourth alonso finishing fifth alonso maybe being able to pass lance but lance wasn't having any of that and uh made a comment Tell, tell Alonzo, let's not lose time fighting and really heavily defended that position against Alonzo. So. What I did notice about Lance Stroll is that his wrist is still sore from his biking accident uh, really? before Bahrain. Yeah, he's he's still hurting from that. And you could see, if you watched his onboards, down the straight, he took his left hand off the steering wheel. No way. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he took his left hand off the steering wheel when he whenever he went down a straight. So that's showing that he's still probably racing with discomfort from two broken wrists. Wow. That's Which that's actually a big him. deal. I didn't because, have any idea yeah. about that. No, you, obviously wrists are the very essential part of driving a car, as you'd imagine. Sure. Yeah, and to have both of them broken. Hard to drive like this if you <laughs> yeah. had to. Yeah, so, um, that's crazy. With, with and both he, of them broken, yeah. There's been no real gap to let it... Um, heal for more than at least like a week at a time well no we had a couple weeks in there didn't we have a couple weeks off well uh like yeah we've had obviously yeah we did because with no racing. um obviously when imola got cancelled that's what it was yeah that's what it was uh yeah and then there was a big sort of break between was it between australia and back because china had gotten taken off exactly the there's another break yeah yeah, so I would have thought that it was healed by now. I mean, I'm no doctor. I don't know how damaged it was or whatever. But at this point, I wouldn't have thought we'd be talking about his wrists. Apparently not. But uh, well, apparently we are. And That's I still think he's doing marvelously with with still a very, very sore left wrist. I'm not yeah. sure about how his right is handled. I think, I think he may have hurt one more than he hurt the other, which okay. is why he hasn't really been paying attention to his right hand. Got but it. Taking his left hand off the steering wheel down a straight, that still shows you that he's in quite a bit of pain from it. And to be able sure. to drive 71 laps of a race with that, not even just oh, yeah. this week, but for the past, like for the full season, he's been driving with that. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to say how physical it is to drive a Formula One car, let alone, you know, all the laps weekend after weekend after weekend. Yeah, that's impressive. Interesting. I had no idea. That's. I don't know that mm. people are picking up on that because I haven't heard anybody mention that. Uh, no. Anyway, um. awards time. Let's do awards. I don't think I need to even say who is getting driver of the weekend. Let's Me and you are both having the same. Three, <laughs> two, one. Lando no, no. <laughs> Yes. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, from two biased as fuck McLaren fans, what the f what are you what are you gonna expect? <laughs> yeah. But, loved to see it. Absolutely, absolutely loved to see it. And it's not just the fact that he did so well around Austria. I mean, we know he's like so that, that good around Austria. But it inspires the thought that, yeah, okay, he's good around Austria, but that car looks an absolute damn sight more quicker yeah. than the old one did. Yeah, and it's it's maybe, competitive. Maybe. I mean, this is, the first, this is the first race that they've had the upgrades, so we haven't had anything else to go by. So mm. this could genuinely mean a top five contending car for both of them, mm -hmm. which I am... Um, very excited at the thought of absolutely absolutely yeah i'm so excited to see piastri and see if if he matches you know chunks up in positions and uh, with with the upgrades that he gets next weekend i'm i'm so excited <laughs> it's a good time radio to be a mclaren message. fan this it's week. a very good time to be a, a mclaren fan how about radio message of the weekend now for me i will probably yeah i'm gonna go for carlos Sainz complaining about Sergio Perez saying he is intimidating me the stewards <laughs> should look into this I love that I mean I'm not exactly a, a racing expert per se mm -hmm. 
Well, isn't that kind of what he's supposed to be doing? Yeah. <laughs> isn't Perez supposed to be intimidating yet? Yeah. I didn't understand that. I chalked it up to like maybe a translation error or something. I don't know. Oh no. Oh no, I think we've lost Ollie in the final minutes. Oh no. His computer has been giving him issues. And I am willing to bet that his computer just shut off on him. <laughs> oh, poor Ollie. I hope he is able to get a new laptop soon that he's been talking about. He needs a new laptop and he needs a new... <laughs> he just messaged me. And he needs a new chair. Every time when we get off, I don't think he's complained about it once because he's too good to complain. But every time after we hang up a call, he stands up from his chair and just stretches like, oh. <laughs> so if you're out there, uh, maybe now is a perfect time to, uh, to mention that we have a merch link for the Formula One store. It'll be in the description. And if you're, you know, looking to get some Formula One merch, use our link, costs you nothing, supports the pod, and we'll get Ollie a new chair, and we'll get Ollie a new computer, and Ollie will be in tip-top shape. So uh, thanks to all you guys watching, and um, please, you know, comment. I swear we won't call you out. I won't, uh, we won't bring any undue attention to you. If you comment, we're just going to smile. You're going to make our day. Um, so comment, let us know what you want to see more of. Let us know, uh, you know, what you think of the pod so far. If there's something you would want us to do that we're not doing, um, we're still kind of figuring out what, what works best. So please drop us a comment, drop us a like. Buy something in the merch store. Uh, let's see. I think we got a couple more minutes to fill until Ollie gets his car restarted. His car. <laughs> he. <laughs> Ollie has uh, run into anti-stall anti issues. And uh, unfortunately, the grid is passing him by, just like poor Lando Norris in the sprint race. Yeah, so when I saw that, um, I'll just keep it going without him. When I saw Lando... Um, in the sprint that first turn i was so sad because it looked to me like oh you're back you're back you're back hey i did it i pulled it off i talked about did interesting you? shit until you let's go oh <laughs> <laughs> at least my computer waited until the last five minutes to die yeah it didn't I, it didn't keep going i took it as an opportunity to do a little merch link and i was like ah, let's get all the new laptop that, that saves me from doing this <laughs> yeah all right, cool. So we were doing radio message, yeah, and we you said science's message about intimidation. I, I, I took that to be like a maybe mistranslation. Like maybe he meant like aggressive turning wheels like into trying to be a bully. Yeah. Yeah, but the way that he said that was so funny. He's staring at my my neck hairs. I can feel his breathing <laughs> on the back of my neck. Have the steward look into this. <laughs> He's just uh, overtaken me. Let the stewards know this isn't acceptable. Yeah, unacceptable. Need... <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds like it would come from Lewis. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't, don't want to say anything that's going to get me fucking cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cancelled. <laughs> Lewis is going to show up and just slap us both. Um, all right. So radio message for me is uh, is going to be Toto's message because I just love that man. And he knew exactly, you know, he has such a strong and long relationship with, um, with, with Lewis and, and he just, he knows exactly what to say to get that man back in gear, back on, on the top of his head. And so he just, you know, I know the car is bad, drive it please. But before that, he had said something even better to get him locked in, which was everybody's going to get a penalty above you. Just keep going. And I think that is just like the perfect statement because Lewis was so focused on, oh, he needs to get a penalty. Where, who, where are the penalties? Who's getting a penalty? And it's like, that's not what's going to win you this race. That's not what's going to climb through the positions. Like, don't be focusing on that. That will happen whether you're talking about it or not. Just focus on your drive. Get the car locked in. Get your mind back on, on track. And Toto just came in, you know, Papa Toto came in with the perfect, uh, 
perfect thing to say to just kind of calm. He just knows, yeah. He knows exactly what to say to Lewis to get into to re-enter the zone. And I think that's yeah. probably that's, that's a big part of, of why Lewis has been so successful recently, I agree. like over the past ten years, because he has such a good combination of mm -hmm. Toto Wolf, the team principal, and Peter Bonington, his race engineer. Yeah. Not to mention that they have the best radio call ever of Hammer Time. As the, the moment you hear that, you know you are <laughs> fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's just, it's just that combination of, of knowing exactly what to say to him and then obviously the pure driving talent that he has. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just I think Toto could tell that his mind was a little bit distracted and he just needed to be reined in, calmed down. You know, it's like we all kind of get in our heads a little bit and like, you know, wrapped up in emotional things and we don't perform as well in that case. And so I think Toto just knew he needed to, you know, do what he could to to cut that out. Um, disappointment of the weekend. I, I don't I'm struggling to come up with like a hard hitting single person who is the biggest disappointment this weekend. We saw a lot of good stuff out of a lot of people. Yeah. For me it's gotta be Nico Hulkenberg. It wasn't okay. his fault. Yeah. But he was running so well in the points in both races. In right, the sprint yeah. he kind of there was a dodgy strategy call that put him in for slicks. I can't remember. Did he recover the the, the I need to go scroll back up to the sprint finishes? Uh, um, Hulkenberg finished sixth in the sprint. Yeah. yeah, so he did recover to be fair back up. Yeah. But that was only for three points. And fair. okay. Oh, it wasn't his fault, but he was he was running very well in the um in the Grand Prix and then he came in for hards and then mm. his card died. Yeah, it, like it, right it after did what my PC does and <laughs> just went. Yeah, it just logged off. Yeah, I I I mean I think that emphasizes how well every driver really drove or had an opportunity to show themselves this weekend because i mean nico being the disappointment of the weekend for you um you know it's like who else are you going to choose you know nico finished he, he sprint shootout uh you know qualifying for the sprint he qualified fourth that's pretty fucking amazing and then finishing sixth in the points like in a half like holy crap but who else are you gonna pick you know so i i i'm struggling as well i'm gonna pick sunoda um also not necessarily his fault not serving the penalty correctly was pretty devastating track limits everybody got um i think he had a little bit of a of a, a scuffle early he on had a, he had an incident on lap one where he oh that's what it was, of, yeah. he got very optimistic down the inside yeah. and ended up touching the back of Esther Van Ocon, which yeah. knocked his end plate off and then I ended watched... up in the gravel after he absolutely launched it down turn four on the outside that's exactly what happened. Absolutely launched it. Yeah, I watched his onboard. Safety car saved him that. I on his onboard, it just looked amazing. It looked like he had just figured out something new about the track. Oh, if I just drive with two tires <laughs> yeah. off the track around the outside of everyone, I might be able to get and catch Max. And then it works until it doesn't. Tried to pull a Ross Chastain on the motherfucker. Yeah. So a little too optimistic. Um, but again, like I don't know, that's sensational. And then his final position at the end was more due to penalties and other things than than that i think in the end but yeah pretty excellent weekend overall i Absolutely. would this weekend i don't know nine out of ten i think I, it was I, I'd said around the seven or something but it okay. makes me very excited now because we've just had this what's well, been a very good weekend mm -hmm. and then we go to silverstone which is historically known like every year pumping out stellar races i think it, it was it won the race of the season last year and it's just known for having such amazing races and a lot mm. of weather as well because over yeah. here in england the weather is about as reliable as the ferrari engine um, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah it's a lot so, of drivers know. favorite tracks over sin yeah i believe uh russell at the very least it's his favorite is it norris's as well i think so yeah well they would say that wouldn't they that. Like, no. They would say that because they're they're English. Sure, and sure, sure. I guess it won't sense. be this year, but I I am going next year. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like with all um with the house call stuff, I'm going to get a lot of stuff out from wow. Silverstone next year. Yeah, hell yeah, that's gonna be yeah. awesome. And then you'll just be in the Discord, like, oh my god, that looks so cool. I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, live stream the whole thing. Just. <laughs> <I> <laughs> 
tape a phone I, to your forehead and walk around with a microphone. <laughs> oh, I have some. If you hang on a minute, I'm gonna run upstairs and grab something that I'm gonna fucking take to Silverstone. Okay. All right. Yeah, you see people. That's Ollie's chair. We need to buy him a new chair. That thing looks like it's seen better days. Go ahead and uh, you know, click click that link there. Let's get Ollie a new chair. That's that's a pathetic thing sitting there. Just absolute. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna roast Ollie's chair for the entire time until he's back. Look at you see the fuzz coming off. I think that's from uh, his cat, Monza. It's just seen better days, and that like pathetic little uh, you know pillow thing that can't be helping. Okay, he's back. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's oh, it's not focusing. Wait, it's, it's trying to focus on one. That was actually hilarious. It was trying to focus on one face, and it was moving around. Wow. Wear it like a cape to Silverstein. It's a million George Russells. Oh, he's stacked on top of each other, too. Wow. <laughs> it's a million George Russells. This, Learn honestly, is the comfiest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. It is so good. Oh, that's fantastic. And this will be my sort of crown piece at whatever, like, at, fuck, at Silverstone. I love it. I oh absolutely love it. Yeah, ah, it's, definitely. It's I'm gonna search the crowd next year. You tell me what your seat yeah. was, and I'm gonna pause. You'll you'll, you'll see this. Uh, oh, I'll likely fantastic. be at Lawfield. So look at Lawfield and Brooklyn's. You'll see this. Nice. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Lauren. Lauren's favorite driver is uh, George Russell. So she's gonna. Oh be yeah. Like, oh, she like this. Then. Yeah, yeah. I should get her one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that concludes our uh, our race review. We did this one right after the race, so hopefully it contains a little bit more excitement and energy and memory on my part of what happened because I've been just fucking slammed with just my real-life shit. And we've been pushing these recordings back more and more and more, and it got to be like it's a week after the race has happened, and we're like and you get this back on a frame and just like... Yeah. This could be my new background. You gotta construct a thing that that's like PVC pipe that's like has yeah. shoulder braces and then goes up so that you have your own oh, that would be George Russell green screen background. Woo! Yeah. This. Fantastic. It's so funny, you know, <laughs> speaking of that, when I see people hold up flags, it's it's cool when the you know camera pans around, but like if I were a fan in the seat right behind them i'd be like god damn it <laughs> yeah. so i'm sitting behind one of those people or the um the smoke you know the colored smoke What's oh the flares the smoke? yeah oh god like they're good like they're nice to look at obviously but uh -huh. if you're in, either in that stand exactly or if you're one of the drivers as well because they have yeah. a tendency especially in austria they yeah. just fucking chuck them onto the track yeah 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 so, or the smoke and, and, will just blow from the wind yeah did you see at the start of last year's austria where yep. on the formation lap it was just orange yeah yeah i think it's i mean it's a cool effect but i think that it's a little obnoxious as well <laughs> well it's nice to you know it's nice to see and like because obviously it, it brings the whole you know like that the atmosphere and it drives the mm -hmm. like the, the mental level of the weekend just up and yeah so it's a good thing like that it's just be careful with them for sure, for sure, yeah. Mm. All right, man. Well, it's excellent talking to you. We'll um, let's see. Next week, will I be gone yet? I'm going to visit my dad in California next week, but I leave on the 10th. Where does that put it? That puts it after the race weekend. I leave on the 10th, so I don't know. If we record again on Sunday, then I won't be at yeah. my dad's. But then the following week, is there a race the following week? No, I don't think good. so. Let's have a look. Uh, no, there isn't. Next one after that is Hungary from the 21st to the 23rd. Okay. Well, then it doesn't affect us at all. Because I was going to say, I wouldn't have my nice microphone or computer or anything. I'd just probably be on my iPad or phone or something. That'd be like me from Silverstone next year with yeah. like recording these right after. And I'm just still in this stand. Like, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I was thinking about if I could figure it out, I would because he has he's a um, he's an old car guy, and so I was thinking if I could do kind of like a um, what's that guy the Mohawk guy? Oh yeah, and he sits in his car. Yeah, so my dad has an old Jaguar that I was thinking I could like maybe prop Ooh. something up and just sit in and do the episode from there. In fact, 
it might be interesting to do anyway if you want to wait to do the recording the audio might not be as good the video might not be as good but i could set something up in the garage and it might be fun actually yeah. we'll do it it'll be hot as fuck I'll, I'll be sweating bullets because there's no ac in there and it's hot in sacramento <laughs> but yeah we'll, we'll try to do that let's do it monday or tuesday and i'll try to set something like that up all right man well until next time let's hope for more excitement at silverson and uh this has been House Call Sports. Joel and Ollie covering your Formula One news and race review of the Austrian Grand Prix. And always a pleasure. Leave us a comment, like, subscribe for more. All the good stuff. We're going to keep at it whether you like us or not. We're just going to fucking keep doing it. <laughs> so you might as well like it. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. All right. Do it. Do it now. See you guys. Thank you.